All right, everyone, welcome back to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast. Kyle Dillon and Christian back at it with another episode reviewing WWE Survivor Series 2023 event. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms and give us a five-star rating if you could. (laughs) Dillon, what happened in WWE this week? All right, so I'm going to kind of speed through Raw and SmackDown because there's a lot of news stories we got to get to. Um, So quickly, on Raw, Nia Jax defeated Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, in singles action via pinfall with the bonsai drop. Also, Love Becky it. Lynch defeated Zia Lee with the manhandle slam. After the match, damage control came to the ring to attack Becky Lynch, but her teammates came to the ring for the save. Johnny Gargano also defeated Ludwig Kaiser via pinfall with the one vinyl beat. And the team of Natalia and Tegan Knox defeated Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, Ivy Nile and Maxine Dupree, Katana Chance and Caden Carter in a fatal four-way to become the number one contender for the WWE Tag Team titles. <laughs> so it'll be Natalia and Tegan Knox versus uh, Piper Divin and Chelsea Green for the titles. Also, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Chad Gable in a pretty entertaining singles bout uh, between mm-hmm. the two. A lot of good chain wrestling here. Nakamura does pick up the win. In the main event, Drew McIntyre faced Jay Uso. On the line in this match was the advantage their respective war games teams um as we know at the beginning of the night drew mcintyre officially aligned himself kind of with the judgment day he said he's not part of the judgment day but he wants to be in the match just simply because he wants to beat the shit out of jay uso in a cage that's really it um so they have a match here to see who gets the advantage drew mcintyre after a very entertaining bout does pick up the victory with the future shock ddt after the match, out comes Rhea Ripley and all of Judgment Day, which then brings out uh, Cody Rhodes and all the baby faces to kind of even the odds a little bit. But as you know, it's five on four at this point. They do send the heels running up the ramp, but Cody gets on the mic and he uh, proclaims that they are not alone and that they do have a fifth member. And the crowd starts bubbling up and getting very excited. And it's talking about how it's someone he has a legacy with. And he goes on and on and basically confirms without confirming that Randy Orton would be the fifth member at War Games. And then right after Raw goes off the air, WWE officially announced that Randy Orton was going to return at Survivor Series to be in the War Games match. Much to the pleasure of a lot of people, including yours truly, because, haha, I told you so. Anyway... (laughs) Anyway, go on. Anyway, let's move uh, on to SmackDown yeah. here. Um, speaking of Owens, uh, Kevin Owens teamed up with LA Knight after a very entertaining uh, Grayson Waller effects segment to defeat the team of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, who was dressed as Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> Kevin had to wrestle in what looked like sweatpants or joggers because he claimed that Austin Theory is the one who stole his shorts and he called him a creep for it. Um, a lot of fun stuff in the segment. The match itself was fine as well, um, and the baby faces pick up the win. The tag team titles were on the line. Uh, Judgment Day versus Street Profits. Again, a pretty entertaining bout, but it is kind of heel versus heel here. Um, so I didn't really like the world on fire. I think storytelling-wise, the Judgment Day do pick up the victory um, yep. after Finn Balor hits the coup de gras on Montez Ford. Pretty deadly defeated the team of Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne as well in tag action. And then there was a uh, segment featuring Santos, Escobar, and Carlito. Um, they end up brawling. Santos jumps from the ring barricade, um, seemingly like sh- takes a knee shot into Carlito's shoulder. 
I think that's kind of where they were going here. Mm. Uh, but it was a cheap shot nonetheless. Um, it was announced that Carlito was not going to be physically cleared or medically cleared to compete at Survivor Series and that Nick Aldis was going to postpone the match. However, Dragon Lee, he won it in the match in Carlito's uh, absence. He kind of got involved here as well um, in a backstage segment. And then it was announced that Santos Escobar would be facing Dragon Lee at Survivor Series. So Dragon Lee making his WWE pay-per-view debut at Survivor Series. Also, Bailey and Asuka defeated Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch in tag action. For some reason, this didn't have the advantage on the line. They actually decided the War Games advantage via a fan vote. I kind of like that, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to, if you plan on having members of the teams wrestle on a go home show, much like they did on Raw, why not just have this match be for the advantage? Maybe just try to mix up the formula a little bit. The only thing I could think of is like having the advantage is such a heel thing, and I think it yeah. maybe would have made this result a little more obvious. Yeah. Um, also, it did add that extra layer into the women's war games match. Uh, Gets the crowd involved. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about. But um, that's the weekly shows this week. I do want to dive into my news story before I get your guys' thoughts. So at the Survivor Series press conference, Triple H was asked about when we would see Jade Cargill next. And Triple H basically said, in due time. <laughs> um, he, he mentioned how everything is going according to their schedule. They wanted her to appear on screen. Um, remember, she appeared at Fastlane. She appeared on mm-hmm. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Nice. She yes. has appeared on all shows, um, but she hasn't been seen on TV in recent weeks. She's not doing the program with anyone. No one's really seen her. This is all by design because Triple H says, and I quote, she was limited in her development. Remember, she was kind of an AEW project of sorts. It's not like Jade Cargill lit the world up for 10 years on the indies um, or made a name for herself. She was kind of, I think Kyle would agree, kind of AEW's first real homegrown mm-hmm. talent, I guess you yep. could argue. Um, so Triple H, I kind of took it as a subtle dig of like, they didn't really do a great job developing her. They just kind of threw her out there. They she did. has star <laughs> power. Mm-hmm. Um, and Triple H... a look. Yes, Triple H, I guess, is basically saying he doesn't want her to just rely on her star power. He wants her to have all the tools necessary. I think that we won't see Jade in the ring until the Rumble. Now, some people say if she's in the Rumble, she has to win it. There's been debate on this show, what happens with Jade Cargo. I think that is the first exposure we're going to see of her in the ring because I think that's the safest way to get her involved. Battle Royals and stuff like that. It's okay if she's a little limited. Um, and you can also kick off some sort of story leading to a bigger moment at WrestleMania, possibly. But what do you guys think of WWE this week? Oh, yeah, dude. WWE was really solid. Raw was a great show. SmackDown was good. Um, I, I do like how they're breaking up uh, the Raw and Brutes. It looks like um, Ridge is turning heel, which is cool. And um, this is probably leading to getting Pete Dunne back, which is going to be a really good mid-carder for them. Um, Nia Jax and Raquel was actually really entertaining uh nia jackson dude i i I, you know she's been good i've I've said on the show many times i think she's been really good come on christian um, hop on the hop on the bandwagon buddy she has been a very good asset um into that division i think but um and then the jake her girl stuff i i'm gonna be honest i maybe wwe saw her 
and you know, and at the performance center, and was like, maybe she's not ready. So, um, you know, maybe See, they some, are holding her off. Because some people some, have said that too. Yeah. So maybe she's yeah. just not ready. And um, if you don't want to force her to rumble, don't force her. Maybe just have her debut at WrestleMania. I, I mean, that that could be something you do. Maybe it now it, if you have an issue and she's not ready, Christian, you might agree here. Maybe do you put her in a tag match instead of a singles? Because if you if you wait till Mania to have her in a big time match, could you do maybe something like Bianca and Jade versus Charlotte and Shotzi or something like that? Um, that'd be interesting to see, but um, you know, it, it may just be according to the schedule, or maybe she's just not ready. It's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, well, really quick on the thing about Jade Cargill. Remember, they did that with Logan Paul, getting him into yep. WWE. They put him in a tag team match at WrestleMania with yeah. Miz and Rey Mysterio. Look how, two of the look how that's worked out. Company. Yep. Yeah, he's now a mid-card champion, though he still hasn't showed up, which is starting to... He's showing up elsewhere. Yeah, he's showing up elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather see the United States title be featured on SmackDown. But that that's a different topic. You know... Jade, like I said, she has the look. She's got the presentation. She's got a she's got a great aura about her, as far as being a wrestler goes. But her in ring work, I like Jade in AEW. I thought she was good for that women's division. But for this women's division, she's behind a lot of the other wrestlers. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think she she does have a, some developing to do, but she's a big time star, I think. So yep. um. And they know I, I it, too. It, they don't want to rush it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't. I think... I, and, I, and I said it, don't remember. I mm-hmm. said, don't put her on NXT. Just keep her away from the camera. Let her develop at her own pace. Then, yeah. boom, go right at it. I actually I agree. think about it. I might like the tag team match at Mania. I'm, I, yeah, I kind of yeah. I kind of like going with the, like like Christian said, going with the Logan Paul approach, mm-hmm. so to speak. Because, remember, that's, that's what they did with Logan. Paired him with The Miz, and then he faced The mm-hmm. Miz. You can easily do some sort of Bianca, Jade, or, or whatever pairing, have one turn on the other. Maybe Bianca, because she no longer has the spotlight or whatever, that'd be a perfect way to get the Bianca heel turn. They can have a bigger match down the road. I mean, they're doing all, these interna- doing all these yeah. international yeah. shows, these stadium shows in 2024. We're already going to France for, I think, Backlash. Um, I think they said yep. the Bash is going to be in Germany. Yeah, we're going to Australia for... Elimination, Elimination Chamber. chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that's going to be pre-Mania. So if we're doing this at Mania, post-Mania, you can oh, do yeah, easily right. yeah. one of those international shows or save it for SummerSlam, and that'd be Jade's first one-on-one match. You can kind of yeah. go the Logan Paul approach. I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. But that um, that is WWE this week. Um, Christian, uh, how did AEW do this week? Before I cover their weekly shows, I got a really quick news story, and this week it is a backstage update on Somebody I think all of us kind of forgot existed. Uh, I kind of did for a while, but uh, it is on AEW's Dante Martin. Love Dante Martin. I didn't forget about him. I just haven't heard his name for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's hurt all the time. There's a lot of guys in AEW, so they just yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of being hurt, he obviously broke his leg in March at the RH Supercard of Honor. And a couple months later, he was actually said in July that he was ahead of schedule, and he still is ahead of schedule. However, there's currently no active plans in place for Dante. Meanwhile, his brother Darius Martin is currently a singles competitor in AEW, ROH, and the indie scene. And there's a big question amongst the AEW 
fans, I guess you can call them, if Top Flight will return. So my question to you guys is, does Top Flight return? And if they do, do you think they have an impact in the tag division? Yeah, I think that's where they need to go with those two. I, I just don't know if either can survive on their own right now. So I, I think putting them – and then maybe maybe one turns on. I don't know. But um, I think there are some ways that you can do. I do think, as of right now, you need to put them in the tag division. Yeah. You know, AEW's tag team division is kind of stagnant right now. There's some good oh, teams, yeah. but it really hasn't been a great year for tag team wrestling in general. Um, but in, when you look at AEW, it, um, you know, there, there are some, you know, holes to fill. I, I think they'd be solid. I just don't think – I don't think they'd be champions or anything like that, Don. So, I mean, just a good asset. No. I, well, the issue with it is neither one of them can stay healthy at the same time as the other. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, uh, last year, I was very – the reason why Dante Martin was doing singles matches – because his brother was hurt. Now the role's kind of flipped. That's the issue with these. So much talent in that team. I, I absolutely love Dante Martin. Um, and I think he could be a... It's, it, it sucks to say, but he's just never healthy. Um, and they're both not really healthy at the same time, so it's hard for that team to really get some traction and get the crowd behind them and things like that. They certainly have the skill set and the talent to be tag team champions. They just both have to be healthy at the same. Your best ability is booking is going to help them. Yeah. And right now I like, like if they were both healthy, now would be the perfect time to kind of pull the trigger on something new. Because like you said, it is kind of stagnant. It's kind of stagnant in both companies, to be honest with you. I mean, I know the judgment day are tag team champions and like they've done some cool stuff, but they were just at, there's a lot of rebuilding in the WWE tag team. They, yeah, they were just wearing the belts at war game. War games. We need the tag titles featured at Survivor. Well, rumors say they're we splitting. Titles defended. Yeah. Well, they need to. Um, yeah. Belt and just. Yeah. Hey, with the other day being champion. He's doing. You have to build up everyone else and make that. Not just an ornament that people mm-hmm. wear. And I think that's where both come. Yeah. He's doing it with two divisions. Love, love the people who are holding yeah. those belts, but right now they're just holding those belts and having one-off matches, not really developing stories. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Triple H just, you know, has the tag member. Vince really buried that division. So uh, besides, you know, obviously a couple teams, but, you know, I think he's trying to get, like you said, everyone else up. You have a good division, and then you really start, you know, seeing um, – some really good tag team action. So um, I, I think WWE is pretty long way. And I think AEW is going to be fine too with uh, their division and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember that um, Stark and Big Bill were champions. So I already forgot. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. All right, Christian is, uh, do you want to go over the weekly shows real quick? Yep. So starting with dynamite, the Continental classic got kicked off this week as in the first match, Swerve Strickland successfully defeated Jay lethal to advance. We had an MJF and Adam Cole segment where they addressed the fans, talking about how MJF got to win at full gear against the Switchblade Jay White. Then all of a sudden, darkness appears, and that devil appeared, and then Samoa Joe, Joe's music hit, which kind of threw me off for a second. But he comes out, he challenges MJF for the title, the match was made official for AEW's World End, 
happening end of December. I, I hear the chagrin and Kyle on that one, so we'll get to that. <laughs> Rio's tag team action with Orange Cassidy, Hook, and Katsuyori uh, Ch- Ch- Shibata. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Taking on a team of Jake Hager, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Ange. But we had a groundbreaking return before this match started. It was the return of Danhausen. <laughs> Dude, I, I am going to be completely honest. Dude, who gives a shit? That Dan Housen is back. I'm gonna be, I'm, dude. I, I'm, I'm trying to be nice here. So he came back, stealing the hat, the purple hat of Jake Hager, wearing it. Yeah. And that, and, and that was how they. It's just he just doesn't really bring any, anything to AEW. I, I think he brings a lot of what they need to get out of the product. So um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think anyone cares that he's back. I think people like him. Like I, I think a lot of people like him. Maybe outside of how he's booked, but yeah. I, I just don't. I don't care at all. Yeah, the fans like him, but from a, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Cassidy Hook and Shibata picked up the win there, and just meh tag action. But next, we had a very entertaining segment between Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus. Cage was upset because he claimed Luchasaurus lost in the match, and then he claimed Nick Wayne to be the son he never had. And he changed his name to the Prodigy. Meanwhile, he changed Luchasaurus's name to Killswitch. Yep. And then Nick Wayne's mother came out after Christian started bashing her. Basically got in his <laughs> face and then led to the moment of Adam Copeland coming out and cleaning house, spearing everybody, but Christian ran because it's the heel he is. And then Adam Copeland concerto Nick Wayne right in front of his mother. So isn't that a little heelish? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be yeah. honest, I like this segment until Copeland came out. Really? Because then everything just got weird. I think I think it's just how they're trying to portray this version of the rated R superstar. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but dude, that you cannot say that's he, not heel. Oh no, I mean he he beat up a heel, so in one sense it's like oh he's the babyface, but like you said, it was in front of the dude's mother. Yeah, so that's kind of heelish. Like I think <laughs> I think the Adam Copeland rated R character might blur the line of heel and face, but I think overall he will be a face. But I think we will get moments yeah. like this. I agree. Moving on, more from the Continental Classic, Jay White defeated Roosh in singles action. We had triple threat women's action with Sky Blue defeating both Anna Jay and Ruby Soho. And the main event in the Continental Classic, John Moxley defeated Mark Briscoe to move on. On Rampage, mm-hmm. Hook defeated Rocky Romero. Chris Statlander defeated Diamante in a typical AEW women's match. And Wheeler Yuta retained his ROH pure title against Ada. On to Collision, another Continental Classic match. Claudio Castanoy defeated Daniel Garcia. I don't know why Claudio had to win that. It should have been Garcia. Don't ask. I know. Start with, start it with an upset, man. Yeah. You, you're starting this tournament. Let's get a big upset. But, you know, they're not going to do that. No. So, Kill Switch squashed the boys in a one-on-two handicap match. Next. Yeah. In tag team action, the House of Black defeated Commander and Gravity. 
We had a TBS women's title match with Julia Hart defeating Lady Frost. We had more tag team action with FTR being the Righteous. Keith Lee defeated Lee Morietti in singles action. And in the final Continental Classic match of the week, Brody King, to me, upset Eddie Kingston in the main event of Collision. This week of AEW was nothing special. I'll just put it out there. If you didn't watch any of the weekly shows, you didn't miss much. Rampage was what I've come to expect Rampage to be. And Collision had one of their more down shows this week, I thought. Yeah, I think Dynamite was actually pretty solid when, you know, when, when they put a lot of effort into putting, you know, something good together. I think uh, the fans really enjoyed it. Um, all the Continental Classic matches were actually pretty good. Um, yeah. I think I actually liked Briscoe Mox the best of the three of them, to be honest. But um, And then, yeah, like you said, Brody King beating Eddie Kingston, who Kingston may be being a favorite, but come on, it's Brody King. I mean, just look at the guy. So, like, it is still believable that he wins. It's but, a good um, vision. I just think from, like, a kayfabe standpoint, it's a little bit of an upset. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at Brody King, I mean, you're like, oh, God. Right. You know, this guy's great. Um, Also, uh, what did Lady Frost do to deserve a uh, TBS title shot? Oh, All right, moving on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. But uh, Dylan, what do you um, what do you think of AEW this week? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine in spots. I will say, I totally forgot Wheeler Yuta was was pure champion for a little bit because I didn't even know he was. Yep. Yeah. He, so he is. About. He's been he's been champion for a minute, if I'm not mistaken. I had absolutely no idea. Well, well I don't. I, I, I kind of forgot. Well, I kind of forgot too. Anyway, <clears throat> um. I did enjoy the the edge <coughs> excuse me patriarchy stuff this week. Um, there was a backstage segment where Edge called out Christian and uh, officially challenged him for the TNT title December 6th on an episode of Dynamite. Uh, still no word at least that I've heard if that match is official yet. Um, I no. But they'll probably just for... do like a disqualification and they'll probably do it at World's End. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But also, they are both Canadian. Why not main event yeah. dynamite? Give them a 20 yeah. minute time slot. We know Edge and Christian could tear the house down with each other. I mean, you want to talk about chemistry? I think that match, whenever it does happen, will be amazing. But I also think it should be more of a slow burn. Um, and they should really draw yeah. this out to possibly World's End. But I like the stuff that's going on there. I know, Kyle, you said you didn't. You enjoyed the segment until he came out. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with him getting involved. It did further the eventual story between Edge and Christian themselves. Um, so I am okay with it. But that segment was fine without it, if if, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah, but, so that's, uh, yeah. but that, is, that is AEW this week. Um, are you guys ready for the indies this week? Or mm-hmm. sorry, I skipped my, uh, my other segment. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this week, I'll be talking about AAA Wrestling. This is not a company we talk about a lot, but a few interesting things transpired, so let's get into it. NGD beat Ares and Commander to win the AAA World Tag Team titles. El Hijo Del Vikingo retained his AAA Mega title against Drolisico. But the most newsworthy event was Octagon Jr. defeated QT Mirchal to win the AAA Latin American title. This promotion is not for everyone, but a lot of great action and a lot of noticeable stars. So if you can give them a shot, um, they do put on some really good matches. So, um, you know, maybe some of the storytelling stuff, maybe here and there. 
um, you know, can get worked on. But uh, AAA is for a pro wrestling brand is pretty good. But uh, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, AAA is not a brand I'm all that familiar with. I've heard about some of the stuff they've done. There's definitely some notable names in there. Um, Vikingo, Drillistico, QT Marischal, you know, all those guys are part of AEW. Yeah, Commander. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm familiar with them. I'm just not too familiar with the product itself, but sounds like they got some good stuff going on. Uh, probably you, AEW guys, better than AEW does. So that's good. Yeah. You know? That's and, um, true. Once QT Marish, or uh, Dylan said QT Marischal should. Uh, no, I shouldn't. No, not yet. I'll, I'll bring this up later. All right. Yeah, I'll bring it up later. But, um, all right, uh, Dylan, any thoughts? Now I'm intrigued where that's going to lead. Yeah, I mean, AAA is a company that we don't touch on a lot. To be honest, I think most of the time we've ever talked about AAA on this show, it's always something negative. Talent wrestle at Forbidden Door, and we've touched on that. A few. Really, really talented roster pool. And like Christian said, they do have a knack of using AEW talent better than AEW. Brian Cage was doing really, really good stuff with AAA for quite some time, if I remember correctly. Um, and that's someone that should and sh- should be a multi- multi-time champion, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we should definitely touch on what they do more often, because like I said, there's there's a great roster down there. There's a lot of talent. If you're into that style of wrestling, the very quick pace stuff, I mean, AAA is all for you. So, Hey, yeah. quick, Kyle, where do you find AAA at as far as to watch? It's hard, man. So you can – I think they do some of their pay-per-views on Fight TV. So mm-hmm. look at Fight. Maybe look at their YouTube page for, like, clips and stuff like that. But I would pay attention to Fight TV because I think – their stuff's on there. I think their bigger shows, like Triple Mania, is on Fight TV. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I always watch AAA stuff on on YouTube, yeah. mostly. So yeah, so I I would check there for clips and stuff like that. If you're into um, a lot of arm drags, uh, definitely I mean, go that's, into uh, that's that's Lucha Libre wrestling. It's just yeah. it's a lot of arm drags and hurricane runners, which which is a lot of fun. Very fast yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. Hey. Yeah, we're all three of us are into that. So if you are. Go check it out. But um, now it's time for the Indies. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yep. All right. This week, I'll be highlighting Five Star Wrestling Academy based out of Laredo, Texas. Talking about some of the action, starting with Jay Young beating Dill Dempsey with a roll-up. Alex Arsenal beat Denise Day to retain his five-star internet title. Kiri Adams beat Brick Savage after Savage struck the ref with a punch to the face, which was actually pretty funny. And in the main event, Ray Perez, David Kidd, and Spartan beat the Texas Kingdom in six-man tag team action to cap off a fun night of wrestling. My MVP of the night goes to Denise Day. I love how intense she is in her matches, and man, she's held super well for Arsenal in that contest. Keep your eye on her going forward, but go check out Five Star Wrestling on YouTube. Awesome stuff. We will be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. See you guys like and a follow and if there's any promotions or wrestlers that you would like kyle to spotlight as part of his indie segment please send those suggestions our way give kyle more of a reason to watch independent wrestling because he certainly doesn't have enough yeah i just i need more wrestling in my schedule (laughs) but um all right uh superstar spotlight dylan uh who do you got all right so we've we've mentioned this guy's name a couple times on this show he's been on tv quite a bit so he's getting acclimated to wrestling fans my superstar spotlight this week is nick wayne uh, Nick Wang, very, very young guy. I did not know. Apparently, he's only eight. 
I think he's 18. I think he's 18. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. He is. He is 18 years old. I've 20s. Um, so there's not a ton on Nick Wayne, but he does have a pretty interesting background. Um, he began being trained by his father, Buddy Wayne, um, and officially made his wrestling debut in 2018, obviously on the independence. In July of 2022, he wrestled a four corners match during the Ric Flair's last match event, which cost like a hundred dollars. <laughs> so whoever ordered that good for you guys. Um, <laughs> and on April 8th of 2023, he, by defeating one Swerve Strickland to win that title. Um, he actually made his AEW debut in July of 2023, losing to Swerve Strickland on an episode of Dynamite. And at Wrestle Dream, um, he turned against longtime friend Darby Allen, obviously aligning himself with Christian Cage as part of the Patriarchy stable. Most recently lost a six-man tag match at Full Gear and then got his head caved in by Edge. On, as we talked about this week, um, he is a one-time 5CC wrestling champion. As I mentioned, he is a one-time Defy world champion. Um, he's also a former GCW tag team champion with Jordan Oliver. And this number 147 on the PWI 500. What were we all doing at 18? <laughs> what were we all? Um, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure we weren't on the PWI 500. So, so yeah, shout see, out. Eight. Yeah. Well, I was 20 on that list, and I retired. <laughs> yeah, I um, I did one semester at that one college and went to another, and um, I was definitely not doing that at 18, let's just say that. I think uh, I peaked at 258 on the PW500. I think it's the highest I got. Omos yeah. higher. Yeah, that was, yeah, my, yeah. That was my peak yeah. year. Yeah, Omos was 257. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get past Omos, but... um. Yeah, Nick Wayne, despite being very, very young, the kid obviously has a super bright future in the business. Um, He's grown up in the business, and now he's being aligned, and he's working segments with. Let's just run through the legendary names he's working with right now. Obviously, paired with Christian Cage and uh, Luchasaurus, who did a lot of great stuff on the indies and has done some fun stuff in AEW as well. Um, going against guys like Darby Allen, who's a workhorse for AEW. Sting, an absolute legend. Edge, an absolute legend. This is the guy that this dude is sharing the ring with on a weekly basis right now. So shout out to Nick Wayne. The future is very, very bright for him. Like I said, only 18 years old. I'm going to go up from here. Yeah, um, if you're not too familiar with Nick Wayne, go check out some of his GCW stuff. This was a company that um, really relied on him, so he did some really good stuff in GCW, so go check it out. But um, <laughs> All right, Christian, what do you got? I'm just really surprised Dylan's wasn't a Kyle McCord after yesterday. but uh, Yeah. Uh, I love you, Dylan. <laughs> Kyle McCord on the last drive, but go on. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, I told you guys this one was going to piss you guys off, and it's going to after my explanation. Mine is goes to Jay Uso. So I've said I've documented this a million times. He should be Universal Champion right now, and you cannot tell me otherwise. I don't care. They shouldn't. Uh, like I said, you can't tell me otherwise. But this is a guy that feels like he's turning into a do it all type of guy. Of course, he that's true. Up, of course, he came WWE as a big tag team guy with his brother Jimmy, who is also doing good stuff on Friday night now. While Jay's on Monday Night Raw. Currently under the uh, main event, Jay Uso moniker. Throughout his career, he was known just as a tag team guy, going through many different looks with his brother. And, of course, having all those multiple tag team reigns, had 
And they were long range too, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people kind of turned sour on him late in the twenty or early in the twenty twenties because of the uh, shine he was getting over a lot of people, which is understandable. But this is a guy that is truly charismatic in the ring or on the mic. He can cut yes. a good promo, and he can put on a really good match, as we've seen this past Monday night on Raw. With guys like Drew McIntyre, he held his own against the top five worker in the world. He is somebody that I could see work in the mid card, obviously a tag division, and what he should be in the main event scene with the world title. So, Jay is yeah. yeah, Jay is someone that they have absolutely done an incredible – Triple H has done an incredible job with Jay. So, I mean, you saw how last night, which we'll get to, how over he is. And, um, yeah, I saw it at Fastlane. This dude is – Stupid over. Mm. So um, I, I'm a really big Jey Uso guy, and um, I can't wait to see you know how his uh, WrestleMania match with his brother goes because I think that's going to be really really good. But um, well, oh yeah, be champion, but you know. what? Nah, save that for uh, for a buddy Cody Rhodes. But um, yeah, right, so next. real quick, I'll get into mine. So mine actually goes to AEW's Lance Archer. AEW has dropped the ball on Archer. I do understand he's 46 years old, but he's still a fantastic wrestler. This week, he was involved in two World Tag League block beat matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling with his tag partner, Dylan's guy Alex Zane, called Monster Sauce, going 2-0 um, against some really good competition. This is a, a guy who's a powerhouse that works very physical style, but also works well with smaller guys. If you haven't seen... You know, his – I can't remember who was against. He had a Texas death match in AEW. I think it was against Mox. It might have been Hangman uh, a few years ago. Go check it out. He's very talented. So, if you're not aware of his work, uh, go check out some Lance Archer because he is really talented still. Uh, almost hit 50, so he is still a credible worker. But uh, Lance Archer gets the spotlight this week. Never but, um but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Wasn't he Vance <sighs> Archer in WWE? Yes. Yeah, he had, yeah, the, so moving on. He had the, the, the short hair, and they <laughs> parted it like he was fucking Chad Michael Murray in the 90s or whatever. It was wild. Vance oh, Archer. Yeah, so moving on. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> dude, I just saying Vance Archer. Oh, what game was it, Dylan? Uh, uh, SmackDown vs. In... Raw 2K, uh, 2011. Was it 11? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I remember him in the in the universe mode because I think that was the first universe mode, right? Yeah, I would always have my uh, created guy beat the shit out of him. I always easy way to pick up wins and uh, get. I need to play that United States. I just bought 2010 for the 360, so you're gonna have to come over. We'll have to turn that one out. Hey, hey, if you yeah, if you find 11 too, let's uh, maybe do a couple universe modes. But um, all right, guys. Well, obviously everyone's here to listen to the the big portion of the show. It is now time for our WWE Survivor Series 2023 review. As always, we will talk about every match, give a grade at the end. This was more, I guess, yeah, I would say this is the most anticipated Survivor Series events of all time. I know there was some in the early 2000s that people claimed that were, but uh, dude, this was just, this had a lot of great builds going in. I was super excited. Uh, real quick before we go in, um, what was your guys' uh, excitement level going in? Starting with you, Dylan. For the last time I've been this excited for a Survivor Series. Last year had yeah. a lot of games on the main roster. So that 
having it announced this year, it was like, all right, cool, we're getting War Games again, but like they had to try and outdo themselves because we've seen War Games already. Um, all the rumors swirling, obviously what we got on Raw with the confirmation that Randy Orton was coming back after a year and a half. Remember, there was one point there was again. Anticipation was very high. If I had to rank it, I'm probably at like a 9 out of 10. This was... I made right, sure Christian. to like get through my errands so I could make it home in time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with Dylan. Um, and I also have kind of a little bit of a hot take about this. I think this year's Survivor Series stories going into it are better than last year's, even with last year's having the bloodline. Yeah, I, honestly, I agree. I, 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 I yeah. Look, last year's were great. Do not get me wrong. Love both the women's and men's war games matches last year, but this year, all the stuff going on the damage control side, yes, the stuff with Bailey, and of course, we got the return of Kyrie Sane. And then all this, all this stuff on Raw. I mean, for one, you put two of my two favorite all-time favorite wrestlers on the same team, so that gets points for me right there. And just the pure builds and everything of these, better than last year's. I'm going nine point five as far as excitement. Yeah, shout yeah, out to and, Dominic and Mysterio and JD McDonald. Two favorite. Yeah, I was. That is so <laughs> weird, Dylan. I was just about to say that. <laughs> That was literally what I was going to say. But uh, shout out to those guys. Hey, Dom goes cringe. JD, we'll talk about JD too. But um, so TJR Wrestling, um, they gave it a eight point two, or sorry, they gave it a eight point two five out of ten. So uh, let's see if we agree. Are you guys ready to get into Survivor Series War Games? Oh yeah. yeah. All right, Dylan, you ready? Oh yeah. All right. Well, I uh, got a lot for the first match. Let's get into it. Women's War Games match. Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi Blackheart taking on Damage Control. This match has been built beautifully. I was pumped for this match as Becky and Bailey with so much history start. Even, you know, start these two battle on the top rope. Just going at each other. Straight up punching fest. Lynch hits an explorer suplex, but Bailey throws the babyface into the cage multiple times. Snap suplex on the middle steel diamond plate. Becky turns the tide, tossing Bailey into the steel, followed by two basement drop kicks against the steel. Dakota puts a kendo stick through the cage to distract Becky. Shotzi next bringing in multiple weapons. Remember, Team Bianca won the advantage via the pre-show. A crossbody using the chair to launch herself onto Bailey with Senton. Suicide dive by Bailey. Uh, but Bailey was there to block as she almost landed straight on her head. But I thought it was still a cool visual and that she was okay as well. Bailey climbs the cage. Babyface is there to stop her. Um, just using the cage early and often. I really like that. Double axe handle. EO next grabs a chain and loads on her opponent. Slinging Shotzi across the ring. Double missile dropkick. Uh, double superplexes. Damage control is on fire. Bianca next using her hair as a weapon. Tossing EO uh, face first into the trash can. Double suplex after damage control pulled the braids, uh, double high spots as the babyface are now rolling. Kyrie Sane next. Um, she's in no hurry and she was like marching to the ring. Kind of also, she was looking at Bailey as she was doing it. A lot of storytelling there and uh, just seeing her do that just uh, it really just made me laugh. But um, uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Sane next, as I said, she's in no hurry. Uh, Bailey getting beat up. Uh, bat, she did like a like a swinging back fist with the trash can lid onto Shotzi. 
the first time, and that was nasty. We'll get to the second one in a minute. Rolling forearm against the cage, insane elbow at Shotzi was buried with chairs. The EST tosses Sane onto her teammates, still chair shots unloading. Shotzi took a nasty one to the neck. Charlotte next follow-away suplex uh, to EO on Bailey, powerbomb onto EO, nailing against the cage, inverted natural selection. EO tosses a chain down to Dakota, and uh, Dakota puts a trash can on it. So EO, she puts the trash can over herself, and uh, she absolutely nailed the field. I don't know if you guys saw, but Charlotte and Bailey definitely took the worst of that. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. Oscar uh, comes in, more weapons officially begins. Uh, damage control nailing Bianca with Kendo Six, chain uh, Becky and Bianca together. Quadruple dropkick was awesome. Dropkick as Becky as inside the trash can. Double power bomb. Charlotte moonsaults off the cage. That was awesome. Becky and Charlotte working together um, after the hug spot. Double power bomb the same. Missed insane elbow. Disarm her, but catches a huge knee to the face by Bailey. Blockbuster by Shotzi. Slice bread. Fire signature spot. Another. This was my favorite moment of the match. So Kyrie Sane does another like swinging back elbow with a trash can lid, and dude, Shotzi sold that like death. So after that happened, Charlotte connects with a spear. Um, she was going for Kyrie, but uh, Bailey pushes her out of the way, and uh, then she ate it. Um, and then I, I believe after that they did like the rock bottom. I think maybe everyone hit their finisher. Rock bottom through the table as Becky pins Bailey to end the match. It was storytelling all over the place. Dude, this was really good. I think the woman who needed to show out did. Um, Shotzi ate some nasty spots in the match. The storytelling with Bailey pushing Kyrie out of the way was everything. That face turn is going to hit hard. When there wasn't high spots, they were just using weapons or just beating the crap out of each other. It flowed really well. I was so happy for Shotzi. I thought she swam with the big fish in this match. There was just so much action going on, even if it was straight punches for the face in the corner. Um, definitely not perfect, but really good way to start the show. And Team Bianca winning makes a lot of sense. I actually like it more than Damage Control winning, because if Damage Control wins, like what's, what's the point now of the Bailey turn? But now, since she kind of cost the team... There's a built-in story, especially with her um, tossing Kyrie out of the way. Maybe some uh, later storylines down the road. But, um, you know, Bailey did everything for damage control to win. Obviously, it didn't happen. But uh, this is going to lead to a very big story. I thought the women killed it. But, uh, Dylan, what did you think? Yeah, I thought the first part of the match, really up until everyone kind of got in there, there was a lot of sloppy moments. Um but they definitely... It's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they definitely made up for it towards the end. Uh, Shotzi was a true trooper <laughs> in this match. She was asked... See her blood? Eat, oh, my God, dude. She was asked to Oof. not only take the miss, but she technically took the miss twice because she kind of ducked yeah. during the second one, but she definitely still got sprayed. Uh, she's on the ground wiping it off her face, took the trash can lid. Dude, that was the loudest oh. smack I've heard. In a long time. They asked oh, Shotzi to just get the shit kicked out of her, and she took it. <laughs> and like you said, she yeah. swam with the big fish. You look at her, and like she's <laughs> four of four. But no, she really yeah. held her own, so big shout-out to Shotzi Blackheart. Um, yeah, like I said, kind of slop. Like, in a way, kind of thought too much 
about the next spot instead of just kind of let it be free flowing. Uh, but it definitely picked up towards the end. Um, I thought the finish was amazing. I thought the chemistry, once all eight of them were in there, seemed really drawn out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 then again, in a lot of War Games matches, the first twenty minutes, dare I say, is kind of filler because yeah, or anything like that. You can't really do too much. Just kind of like spots and, and kind of waiting for the next person to come in to keep the you're just the getting flow to the going. finish line. Yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah. that's when it's stuff happening. That happened. so not too much for that. Uh, the very very strong team did win here. Um, yeah. Not too much to complain about. Nuts. Yeah, that EO spot is just awesome. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and then hey, that Charlotte Moonsault, that was also very good. Clean. Too. She snapped on that one. But yeah. uh Christian, what'd you think? Uh yeah, I'm just gonna say but uh, I thought this match was awesome. Um from yep. uh, both a storytelling aspect and to an actual wrestling aspect. And uh I, I have seen people complaining about Bailey getting pinned. I, I understand why you could be frustrated with that, because I think she's in line for a push here, especially entering Rumble season now. But she got pinned, and this is only going to advance the future turn quicker. I mean, she's got a turn, or the turn has to happen before the Rumble. It's coming very, very soon. Because I think as of right now, she is the Rumble winner. I, I think she's got I'm Dylan, you have to agree, right? I mean, the way they're setting this up, she's got to win the Rumble. Who, Bailey? I think so. Yeah, Bailey. I think it's I think, I think it's still up in the up. air. I agree with with kind of the angle they're pulling now, but I do think the women's side is is very much up in the air. Side, I think the men's side you're down to like two names. I did, but we can yeah, talk about I, that I think, at a later. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think men's is done, but um, but go on, Christian. <clears throat> yeah, but everything for a storytelling aspect was perfect here. Like you said, Kyrie walking down the ring slowly and just kind of staring down Bailey pretty much. Yeah. And had no rush, no hurry to get into the ring. Even though, like, because she was the second one in, right? Who? Same? Kyrie. No, dude, Ky- Kyrie was second to last. I thought she was second to yeah. No, but who was. EO was, was second. Yeah, it was EO, then Kyrie, then Asuka. Yeah. Because they had the advantage. No, no, uh, Shotzi's team had the advantage. Because the f- they won a fan vote. Yeah, they won a fan vote. Remember, Shotzi came second. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Shotzi, she definitely did hold her own. I was a little worried for her in this match, but. I was too. Watching the match, it just made me say, oh, this match is perfect for her. This is the perfect place for her to be in. Where she can basically go crazy and show off this, like, kind of unhinged type character, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this match really well done all around. The, r- the right people got time to shine. EO, look, she's always going to kill her war games. We saw it last year. And, and you'll see it a couple more times. Yeah, I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. Kyrie, her, what, her second match back, she looked great. And Shazi was awesome. And also, I don't know if you guys picked up on this. Dakota Kai has more movement. She's got a lot more movement. <laughs> She's close. 
Yeah, she is close. So yeah, she still that she still was kind of that, that that knee was kind of stiff when that table though. So oh oh yeah, I mean I've torn a ligament in my knee before. It's gonna be stiff when you first start walking on it. She's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. But yeah, I really everything was awesome and that EO sky spot. Shout out to her because I don't know if I trust myself to do that. Nah, I'd probably. That's the only way I can do it. I'm doing it all. But uh, Christian, uh, what'd you grade it? I gave it a four point five. All right, don't go ahead. Yeah, I'm at a four point three. I'm also at a four point three. So I thought the woman did a great job, a great way to start the show. So we go from War Games to Walter versus Miz for the IC title. Miz was all over Walter here early. Big chop as Miz attacking the left leg as he locks in the figure four through the ring post, but eats a massive boot. Miz fighting back in the ring. General just has none of it. Walter toying with the Miz. German released as Miz cannot get into the second gear. Miz targeting the, knee, the left knee. Love the knee drop as Miz is chopping down the champion. Huge kicks of the chest, leading to a big DDT as the crowd is back into it. Power bomb for near fall. Slaps uh, the back of the neck as Walter locks in a sleeper. Um, low blow, a skull crushing finale. One, two, but Walter kicks out as the crowd erupted for that spot. Giant forearm, huge clothesline as these two were slugging on each other. Knee to the back, Lion Tamer with a knee to the back. Miz just couldn't fight it any longer. Miz taps out as Walter retains his title. You have to know that war games are going to dominate the time. So, I mean, that alone is going to be close to two hours. So you're going to have, unfortunately, and then with instances, I'm talking like that, and then, you know, obviously with the commercials, cuts, everything, that these matches are going to generally be shorter. But this still got about 12 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, that I thought The Miz did really well here. Um, the last five minutes were very intriguing. Uh, Miz almost had him beat, and they wanted you to believe it for a second. Miz was never winning here, but still a solid showing for him. Walter keeps rolling, and that was the goal here. Um I, like I said, I thought the Miz had a very strong showing, targeting a body part. Really good strategy. And, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, being the sports entertainer that the Miz is, I thought he brought the fight um, to the pro wrestling uh, Walter. I thought they told a really good story. And uh, I came out um, okay with this match. I thought I checked most of the boxes. But, uh, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And, look. We're, we're all going to have the – we can all have the complaints about time all we want, but it's like you said, it's just how this show is formatted. Yeah. Because war games matches, they really do need time, so. It's like the Rumble. I mean, the yeah. undercard matches are just going to get short. Yep. And this this is honestly a little bit of a hot take. You guys are going to highly disagree with this. I think this pay-per-view should just be those two matches. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be – like. A, I, I wouldn't be against it, but you need to fill three hours. I mean, you could go make the other matches go longer, but I, I think, like, you need maybe a cool-off. Because we'll my big complaint, remember, this is the <clears throat> probably the most prestigiously held title in all of pro wrestling, as far as history goes right now. Yeah. So I think it deserves time, but even then, you said, what, 12 minutes? Yeah, still got 12 minutes. The action about 12 and a half. The action may feel like it was five minutes. And yes. Storytelling with Miz doing a low blow like he did on Raw a couple weeks ago really added to it. And I did like how they made the fans believe for a second because we all said, I, I believe we all said this, 
if Miz doesn't beat him, he's holding the title to Mania. Yes. No, but he's holding the title to Mania, 100%. I think, I think now he's eliminated from winning the Rumble. I yes. He eliminated him. But he's going to go on almost a two-year reign with that title. So, Isn't that nuts? And this one, from every match I've seen him defend that title with, they've all been bangers. Yeah. He is just that good. And Miz held his own. So this was a very well-done match. All right, don't go ahead. Yeah, I'm not going to knock it for time. Um, I thought I thought this was good for the time that we had here. Um, I didn't think the Miz was going to win going in. There were moments where I thought they really were going to pull the trigger, and the crowd seemed to be okay with it if they did pull the trigger. But but Walter retaining here was the right move. Um, like I said, the kind of shorter match length makes sense due to I mean you got to get through two war games matches. Those are forty five minutes by themselves. But Twelve minutes still isn't that bad. No, no, Twelve minutes I, is I, a very good time. Yeah. Like I said, I, I honestly I thought it was a little longer than twelve minutes. If I'm being honest, mm. um, but but yeah, I mean I don't think it took away too much. Walter, despite being a heel, doesn't need heel tactics to win. I think that just portrays him as even more of a force. Um, you know, someone else who's had a long title reign has needed a lot of help keeping that title from time to times. Um, And I like the fact that they book Walter as in like, nope, he's just this good. And um, just goes through challenger after challenger after challenger. Um, he even said in his press conference, they were like, what's next for you? And he's like, I don't know. They'll probably have some battle royal to see who's up next, and we'll, I'll go through them too. I just, I, I just love how he's being presented. Um, yeah. And I thought right here was a great – and also, you know, the story going in, you know, pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. I mean, what a what – a, I mean, I, th- I thought both guys portrayed their, their ends of that spectrum perfectly here. Um, Miz kind of doing some of the – the heelish tactics, like the low blow. He's doing the, the big balls taunt, very sports entertainment. Um, and Walter just, you know, every hit he took, he just bounced back. Um, I thought it was very, very well constructed and yep. um, a very, very good Intercontinental Championship match. What did you grade out, five? Three, eight. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I'm also at a three, eight, actually. I am at a, a 3.6. And I thought, you know, I was going to be the highest one, but I am very glad that you guys liked it as much as I did. But, um, Moving on. Great. Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. Lee goes right after Santos, but a sweet backbreaker by Escobar. Drop kick off the tree of woe. Over the rope, her can run by Lee. Suicide. Uh, I, I think he did a suicide over that. A soaring through the sky. Big knee strike for a near fall. Snap her can run by Santos. Taking on, trying to take off the mask um, by Santos, dragging him across the ring. Major heat from the crowd. Double stomp from the top. Uh, had some extra snap onto it. Runs into a major super kick by Santos. These two were just slugging on each other. Giant knee strike, sit-up powerbomb by Lee. Uh, high flying is not the only thing Lee can do. He's very strong and actually has a technical game. This guy is really has the whole package. But uh, at the end, Canadian Destroyer, Phantom Driver, and the Santos Escobar gets the victory. Um, one day, these two are going to have another match. And it's going to be able to go longer. Um, maybe even main event one day. Um, but man, this was still really good for like eight to nine minutes. So many cool spots. Lee showcased himself very well uh, as Escobar is putting himself over as a heel perfectly. 
They jammed so much into like eight to ten minutes. This was still a banger. I was on the edge of my seat, checked every box for me. This was a really good showcase for Lee. Everyone knew that Santos was going to win. He needed to win. And um, I have no complaints. I really enjoyed what they did in like eight to ten minutes. But uh, don't go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the match itself was fine. You know, only being eight minutes, you can only do so much. But like you said, these guys did pack in as much as they could. But it didn't feel overstuffed. Yeah. That's um, everything had a purpose. I thought it was a good way to showcase Dragon Lee, like I mentioned earlier, his first uh, pay-per-view match for WWE on the main roster. So, you know, you kind of expected something like this. Um, I like how they portrayed this the Santos heel character. Obviously, Chris, or, uh, Kyle, you and I, a little more uh, uh, familiar with a Santos Escobar heel character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so oh, we know yeah. where, where this can go, but I love the tactics that he did try to rip the mask off, uh, some of the other spots. Um, he tried to go for that leg thing that he did to Ray, um, a few weeks back, you know, so there was, there was definitely some storytelling here and only being under eight minutes, you don't really expect that. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I do wish it was a little longer, but I understand why it was short. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Crunchy, go ahead. All right, you guys say the banger. I, I don't see it as a banger, but it was still enjoyable. Um, it, I know, I get it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna contradict myself. It's kind of hard for me to get into an eight minute match and fully be invested because it kind of feels like the bell rings, few moves, match over. That's what it kind of feels like. But these two, like you guys said, made all their eight minutes count. And Santos Escobar, you know, the whole storytelling thing, how he. What did he do? Did he break Rey Mysterio's leg? Or yes, but well, yes. And then he tried to do the same thing to Dragon Lee because he is also a lucha type wrestler. You know, wear a mask. Everything he would have done to Rey Mysterio, he tried to do here to Dragon Lee, which I really enjoyed. And I've said it over the past few weeks. I've told Kyle this. I am really liking where Santos is going as a heel. He could definitely fit in the mid card role right now. Um, Maybe, uh, maybe world title role. Yeah, I, I think next year the he, he could fit into the world title. Yep. Yeah, but um, this was also a great way U.S. To champion, relatively. I could see like that. after Mania. Yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, oh um, this was a good way to showcase two guys who haven't had a chance to be on pay pay per views yet because Santos hasn't been on one. I don't think. Right? He he was he Couple was on times. the one that I went to in Fastlane, but this was his first one on one match, right? Um, pay per view. Not a hundred percent sure. We'd have to look that up. I mean, he's been on pay per views even when he hasn't wrestled. I think he this is his been... first one on one. I think 100%. this might be his first one on one. Layla, look it up. Yeah, but, but there hasn't been many. If there has, yeah, this was we'll a good way to do it, case. and. If... Yeah, uh, Christian, go ahead with the grade. I went 3.1. All right, don't go ahead. Yeah, I'm at a 3.2. I'm also at a 3.2. I thought that was a really good way to showcase uh, both of them. As we move on to the next match, Zoe Stark versus Rhea Ripley. Loved the war paint on Zoe Stark. Made her look like a million bucks. But, man, dude, every time you see Rhea Ripley... Her star power gets higher and higher and higher from her entrance to her in-ring. It just 
everything about Rhea Ripley just screams like, man, dude, this, this is the real deal. And they do a great job. Um, they have done a great job, too, of getting heat into this feud, or at least trying to. Um, dropkick frog splash on the outside, another missile dropkick, headbutt off the springboard, but a DDT on the apron as Zoe's feasting, followed by a corkscrew senton, which is just a thing of beauty. I absolutely love that move. Rhea turns it around, face buster on the apron, tossing Zoe in the ring post. Rhea is awoken, a beatdown in the middle of the ring. The back suplex after the power palm position was insanely good. Uh, stretching the back and arms all the way back, stomping on the back, drop kick as Rhea's fully engaged on the speed down. So I, I don't really know what they were going for on the top rope. It really wasn't what they were trying to do, but I don't know if you guys noticed it. They turned it into like an like a top rope arm drag. I know that's what they weren't going for, but if you go rewatch it, they did like a top rope arm drag with Zoe, and I think they actually turned it around really cool. Um, it was actually a really cool spot and looked brutal too. Um, Northern Lights for a near fall by Rhea. German suplex out there. They're reversing Riptide. Massive elbows, headbutt as these two are just slugging on each other. Riptide again connects as Rhea Ripley retains the title. We said it a couple matches ago, or just last. Um, this is a really good showcase for Zoe Stark. We just need to keep working on the crowd reaction for her. She is insanely good in the ring. I thought she took the fight to Rhea. Really smart booking with Zoe getting a lot of offense. Rhea getting the last laugh. I thought this match was actually very solid. Um, saw a lot of people saying negative things. But I love the aggression by these two, making the title feel important. We are very, very close till a new star is born in Zoe Stark. It's coming. I, I, I know it's coming. Uh, Triple H has a lot of trust in her. I really enjoyed the action, but uh, Christian, what do you think? Well, for one, I predicted the whole star thing out of the three of us. So I told you, I told you guys, don't even start that with me. I told. Well, you we guys, okay, so we we saw her in NXT, so we made some claims, but you 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 were right. Exactly. Thanks. But um, so this is probably where I break away from you two. Uh, this match did nothing for me. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Uh, the crowd was the crowd was dead. They were, they had no. Yeah, idea. dude, they were dead. They were. They were tired. They were getting tired. You could tell. And they were, they knew what was coming next, too. So they were tired. But at least from what I remember and seeing, this felt one side. I, I kind of feel like Rhea just died. Match. I mean, Zoe got some stuff in, but it felt more like a showcase for Rhea than it did Zoe. And I, really? I didn't like. I think, yeah, I thought I thought Zoe got more offense. Yeah, I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, I thought it Zoe like, got more in. It, I felt like go, Rhea so the match. And, and that's reacting. the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah. Uh Christian, go back and watch the match. I think you'll you'll see it maybe our way a little bit, but Yeah, I don't know, but just from the first time viewing it, my, my currently my only time viewing it cuz I'm going to go back and I will go yeah. back see. But it just felt one-sided. It felt dominated and this match just did nothing for me. Uh, I would have been fine leaving this off pay-per-view and possibly building it up to maybe the Rumble. Like, go all the way with it. But I understand why it's on the card, but I'd have been fine with it taking off. I didn't. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. All right, Dylan, go ahead. I mean, I, the match was fine. Like I said, I thought, I thought this was a good showcase for Zoe Stark, um, and they really need to showcase her a little more. There is a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. And um, like you, like you alluded to, the crowd's just not 
a hundred percent into what she does. The crowd was red out. Yeah. Um, it's also too. You say what? Yeah. It's also two heels. Yeah. Two heels. So. I know they're trying. Well, to, mm, it, it, it kind of feels like they're slowly yeah. phasing Zoe into a phase, but there are still heel tendencies, and you could argue that this was heel versus heel technically. But, um, yeah, they really just got to work on on showcasing Zoe a little more. And um, I thought they did. A- like I said, I felt like she got most of the offense, and Rhea was mostly just mm-hmm. countering, not necessarily on her own yep. attack. Um, Rhea's still on top, and that. That is fine with me. Um, That's the goal. Yep. Yeah, yep. there were there were moments in this match where, for the first time, I was like, I felt like Rhea had legit competition. That's including After the she matches. The Riptide. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's including the match with with Raquel. That's including um, facing Zelina in Puerto Rico. You know, this was the first time where I kind of felt like Rhea's title reign was a, was in danger. In a lot of ways, and yeah. I know that's that that's that's the goal with Zoe Stark because they want to present her like a true force. I just think it's going to come a little more with time. So the right person won here. The match itself was fine. Um, and much else, Dad. Hey, Christian, give it a grade out of five. Real quick, after work tomorrow, I will go back and rewatch this. But yeah, third grade standing. I hate to give this grade because I love both women. I only gave it a two point five. All right, don't go ahead. I'm at an even three. Yeah, I, I gave it a three six. Um, I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought uh, Zoe did a great job. And uh, I thought it was personally a great showcase for uh, for Zoe and uh, really trying to make her a main event player. But um, but this is the reason why everyone's here. So there were backstage segments all night about Randy Orton not being in the building, putting some extra layers on this main event. And, uh, oh, boy, we got a lot to get to. Um, just telling bye-bye on my sheet here. Judgment Day. And Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, Seth Rollins, and Randy Orton, question mark. Um, are you guys ready to get into it? Yeah. All right. So after months of building, starting, and main eventing, Pretty much every Monday Night Raw, here we go. It all comes down to this. Rollins and Balor start. Uh, Rollins was on fire with a suicide dive, toss, tossing him around the cage. Balor comes back with a sling blade and giant uh, backdrop on the metal steel diamond plate. Targeting the injured back. Back and forth, we go thunderous start. Uh, backbreaker as JD is next. Nails Rollins with a kendo stick. Double team kendo stick shots. Love the moonsault from uh, JD flipping from one side of the ring to the other. Giant kendo stick spot to the back. Judgment Day all over Rollins as Jay Uso is next. Brings in a chair into the fray. Taking down JD and Finn. Um, he is, it's, it's just so great to see how over the, this man is. Dude, he, the reaction, my goodness. Now, Spanish fly by JD, but a double super kick as all guys are just battling in the middle of the rings. Uh, tight rope axe handle by Rollins. Drew wants to rip Jay's head off, but Priest just tells him to stick to the plan. I uh, love the strategy by Cody's team going right after Priest, but he has some kind of baton destroying Rollins and Jay. Roll, uh, rolling Senton from the top rope. My goodness, dude, Damien is just awesome. The teamwork between Judgment Day is unmatched as McDonough is fitting nicely here. Zane is next, using the door to destroy Finn. Stomps all over. Uh, 
Priest, uh, Blue Thunder Bomb to Balor. Zayn tries to climb. Uh, JD falls nuts first into the ropes, uh, destroying Judgment Day with that pipe. Face first off the steel chair. Here comes Drew McIntyre. Alabama Slamma to Zayn um, on top of Rollins, stalking Uso. These two battle. Love their exchange, uh, which was won by McIntyre using the cage to toss Jay around multiple times. 1D onto Drew. Uh, Cody is next, taking out Judgment Day. He and Rollins use a bull rope together, uh, taking Finn out where it hurts. Um, so much action all over the place. As Don Mysterio is next, and he gets mega heat from the crowd, taking out Rollins and Jay Uso. Almost completes the three amigos, but he runs into every member of Team Cody surrounding him <laughs> as he gets beat down. Big pop from the crowd. Uh, double choke slam by Drew and Orton by Drew. Um, and I I think, like, Priest is calling the shots. I know the, the crowd is chanting Randy Orton's name. Frog Splash by Dominic was beautiful. Um, and then another moonsault by JD. A razor's edge through the table. Seth got decked. So, Judgment Day's theme hits as Rhea takes out the briefcase. Um, maybe even trying, you know, they're, they're trying to do the cash-in spot in the match, which I thought was very interesting. But the music hits, and out comes Randy Orton, and that guy is mega ripped. Oh, Dude. my gosh. And that reaction <laughs> was insane. We'll get to a big reaction, but his was really good, too. Oh, my God. Match begins. Uh, Dom goes headfirst into the cage, middle rope DDT. Uh, Drew and Randy face off. Damian enters the fight. Love the five middle rope DDTs. Uh, Jay and Orton have a stare down. Uh, hits everyone with the finishers for Team Cody. Off the cage RKO that almost legit killed J.D. McDonough. <laughs> Crossroads to Damian. I'm very glad J.D. McDonough did not take the pin here. It's really interesting that Damian did, but I'll get into it. Um, but that was the finish of the match. Cody gets the win and uh, wins it for Team Cody in War Games. So let's just talk about the match here. That's we'll it. It's right? everything after. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that that's the night here. Um, so let's talk about the match. I thought this was awesome. This told a great story. So many insanely cool spots as this match flew by. But it was so entertaining. J.D. McDonough deserves a lot of credit here. I thought he rocked in this match. And everyone made him look good. Finn was really good for uh, as well for Judgment Day. Obviously, Dom got the, the big mega heat as they wanted. Um, Drew and Jay had their stare down. And then uh, Damien was there to call his shots. I thought everyone did a great job. Um, Cody needed to pin someone here. And um, Priest was an interesting choice. But he's got the briefcase, so I think it makes a lot of sense. This had a lot of intensity. Obviously, Orton coming back was the big moment. Um, he's almost as big as Dylan is now. My God, he's jacked. Oh, yeah. But, um, yep. Loved what we got here. Um, but, uh, Christian, what would you think? Yeah, so that that's the end of the night for everybody who's wondering. So, um, yep. Nothing so, else happened. Yep. Yeah, no, nothing else happened. Uh, I turned no, it off. Yep. Uh, it, it really started with great storytelling right from the jump, too. Of course, the first two guys in were Ronald and Bauer, <laughs> had the first original title feud for the world title, so I thought that was a great touch. And then J.D. McDonough, who's been, I guess I could say a thorn in everybody's side, kind of. Mm -hmm. of He's kind of like that annoying little brother who you don't expect to beat you up, but from time to time you can. And then, of course, you got stuff with Drew and Jay. All this was really well done. Um, The action was fantastic, as expected. I mean, it's war games. You couldn't expect anything less. But JD, you said this about Shotzi earlier in the show. JD swam here. Yeah, 
I thought JD swam perfectly. This was, I think, his first real big test as far as being on the main roster. And he was awesome. And um, I think even though he took pinfall, which was after just a nasty RKO. No, no, Damien took the pin. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah, okay. Damien took the crossroads. Right, right. But uh, I think like we're going to see something tomorrow night on Raw where they say you're one of us now or something like that. I don't know. Well, he he's in Judgment Day. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they did the, the backstage segment where they gave him the T-shirt. Damien was oh, like, welcome to the Judgment Day. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Tom, you said it best. That dude, he's a booing magnet. <laughs> yeah. You guys talk about Christian Cage as the best heel wrestling. I say Swerve Strickland. But we got to give Dom maybe in that conversation too. Oh, he's absolutely in that conversation. 100%. Where he goes, he just gets booed out of the building. And he was solid here in this match too itself. Yep. Now, the big one I want to talk about, the the even bigger return, um, R-Truth, no. Uh, Randy Orton coming back for one. I don't know if he's on steroids or if he upped (laughs) his weight program, but my God, he's huge. And you guys haven't said this yet. He's got the bald look on him, just saying. So, uh, he looked great in his first match back. He did pump fake us with that RKO spot. What looked like was going to be an RKO to Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. It was a great touch, and he kind of just – he pointed his head as a way of saying, you, you know, I remember what happened. Mm-hmm. But that was great. It was really good to see Orton back. We've all missed him. He looked great in his first match back. Uh, a little bit safe at times, but I understand. He just came off triple fusion back surgery. Yeah, you don't want him taking, you know, top rope Canadian destroyers getting blasted into the cage. Like you, they they were safe with him, but uh, I I think they used him very well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and his RKO looked just fine to me. Dude, JD sold it. Oh, dude, so good. He ruled, man. JD, I thought JD McDonough was the MVP of this match personally, but uh, but yeah. Dylan, what do you think? Oh, do you have anything else, Christian? Yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. I do. Hold on. Oh, uh, go ahead. Fantastic match. That was a great night. That that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go yeah. I like I like what Christian said. The, the the different layers of stories that was going on here. Like like he said, Rollins and Balor start the match. I mean, we know the history there. It's been touched on so many times. JD being the first one to you know since Judgment Day had the advantage being the Cade trained JD. He's going to be the first one to go with Bauer, you know? Um, I love the little story in the cage when Drew wanted to go out, but Damien's like, no, we're sticking to the plan. He goes, well, plans are changing. He's like, no, they're not. Like, you have to trust us. If you're going to be a part of this team, you have to stick with it. And I love that Dom's just standing there like, well, at least I'm not going in next, so. Um, a little wrinkle everyone who came out kind of made then there's the moment in the match where Cody has the bull rope and like we know what happened in that Hell in a Cell match and I love that Seth was like Mm -hmm. uh uh and Cody's like come on you promised me one night one night you and I would be on Mm -hmm. the same page and then they started using it as a tandem I thought that was really really cool 
I mean, everything here kind of made sense. Saving Orton for the last bit so he can get an actual, like, entrance made sense. You don't want him to get the quick pop and then shoved into a cage. You know what I mean? And just standing there. Yeah, you had to do it. Yep. It had to be like this. I loved how they did it. I loved the briefcase. Um, That was great. I would have put money that Orton was hopping over that barricade and RKOing Rhea. That would have been an insane way to come. Just hearing that theme song and listening to the crowd, like, it's been half, man. It was good to see Randy back. Tucker's jacked. He has been working out. Yeah, dude. You want to get your body right to do this again full time after what he just went through. Um, Obviously, the hint of the untold or or the unfinished story between him and Jay, I think, will kind of linger. But they could have also just kind of squashed it there, and I'd be okay with that, too. I like that Jay was like, whoa, whoa, like, hey, and then stepping aside and protecting Randy, I thought was a really cool, Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm on your side. Like, I'm not that guy anymore. Um, Obviously, we'll see. It's already been announced Randy's going to be at Raw. We'll see if there's some sort of interaction with him and Jay. That was the big story the entire night. Jay thought it was his fault that Randy wasn't there. He thought yeah. Randy Randy wasn't going to show up because he didn't want to pair himself with Jay Uso. So, you know, there's there, there's a lot of layers to the storytelling going on here in this match. Love it. It's not just ten people in there beating hell out of each other. They were telling stories. You know, Michael Cole made Which mention one. Yeah, no, it's fun to see people just beat each other up, but. Cole made mention when Cody came out. The inventor of the War Games match is Dusty Rhodes. This is the first time Cody gets to be a part of his dad's creation. I'm sure that was that meant a lot to him. And for him to get the finish, um, I'm sure was was very meaningful. Also, kind of in a way, sort of passing the torch of sorts. Remember, Randy's the one who Cody Damian Priest and was like, finish it. So they have that because we know the history between Cody and Randy, the whole like mentor protege thing way back in the day. So you know, it's 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 really cool to see how things evolved in this match and everything had a purpose. Everything made sense. JD sold like a champ. I loved when Dom got jumped by four guys. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I mean, this was this was a lot of fun. It told a story. It was everything you. It is on par with last year's War Games match. We know the storytelling in that one. So it was better. This was, I, I, this, this was, match was better than last year. I thought the action was better. I'm still. Too, just because of what the bloodline story was at the time. Yeah, I'm talking about here. the match. Yep, the match yep. itself, the the action, the intensity, um, everything made sense here. Everything was was yep. was very very good. Yeah, um, give a great out five. Very very hard. I'm gonna go four six. All right, uh, Christian, go ahead. I went four eight. Um, I went four five, so we're right around the same. I thought it was a really, really good uh, showcase for everybody. But um, and then the night ends, guys. So uh, we're uh, done here. But uh, no, so we have um, we have one more thing to talk about. So obviously, what they did in the first match with you know Becky and you know her teammates were celebrating top of the cage. They they were showing everyone, and they're panning out the camera. So you know sometimes how they do it. You know, pan out the camera. They put the you know the copyright logo or whatever. Um, so you could tell just from looking at the fans, fans they were getting a little anxious 
they were getting maybe a little disappointed because of something that could happen. So, you know, people were like, oh, no, like, this isn't going to happen. This going to happen. And then the music hits and the crowd goes absolutely insane as the former AEW world champion CM Punk has returned to WWE. Yes, I said that. CM Punk has returned to WWE sharing moments with the crowd in the front row. Listen, we have a lot to talk about. And what he does now, we know, it's going to be interesting. Um, This was a legit surprise, and it was done beautifully, I thought. WWE does not necessarily need CM Punk, but like Hunter said in the press conference, people talk about him, and they like him, and they wanted him back. And so that's why they brought him in. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to Nick Khan and Triple H. These were the guys that made it happen. Um, I just, I just hope the locker room morale stays high. Um, obviously, well, you know, maybe we'll talk about you know Rollins and Drew. I, I do think both of those are story related, uh, but um, a lot of mouths to feed, especially. You know, it looks like he's you know going to be on Raw uh, tomorrow. But yep. um, if if anyone can book you know, all these guys, we have the right guy for the job. But um, mm-hmm. CM Punk is now back in WWE. Uh, Starting with the the big punk guy himself, uh, Dylan, what you think? Hell froze over. It's an image that I never <laughs> thought I'd see. First off, punk returning oh to pro wrestling was already a big deal when he showed up in AEW yes. a couple of years. That he would never show up in the sport again. The fact that he did it in AEW did make sense to me because especially in 2021, um, AEW was the pro wrestling company. You know, why yes. not? If, if, if someone's going to if something's going to reignite the love of pro wrestling in this man again, it's going to be what AEW was doing at the time. 20 and 2020. Um, so that was fine. Never in my wildest dreams did I think it happen. Now, it has been <laughs> mentioned that I am a massive CM Punk fan. He's my all time favorite wrestler. The indie stuff that he did was amazing. The ROH stuff that he did was amazing. I thought his WWE run was great. He wasn't really treated like a big deal until kind of towards the end of it, but he was already burnt out at that point, so it's like, fuck it. And for those seven years he was gone from the sport, I did genuinely miss him. I hoped he turned... I'm not... I had talked about those news stories at nauseum. We're done. We know what happened at All In. Out, get over it. According to Triple H in the press conference, this is kind of clean slate, you know. Um, yep. When I saw that image on Instagram after after Survivor Series, the, <laughs> the image that I the finger never, point, the Triple H finger point <laughs> with CM Punk, never <laughs> in my wildest <laughs> kind of acknowledged it in the press conference. Like, kind of, yeah, yeah, we've had. We had a great conversation. We squashed it. Reports coming out today that they had a very, very good, long meeting, kind of one-on-one. And then Nick Khan got involved to do the business stuff. But it was really Triple H and CM Punk sitting down and ironing yeah. out their grievances. And Because it's, it's, it's very well known that these two don't like each other. Very well known. Yeah. Um, Punk has made it very well known over the years that they don't like each other. So the fact that they're doing business together and we know that Triple H is running the show here, 
like very, very intriguing. Despite me being a massive fan, I text you guys last night in the group chat. We don't need CM Punk in WWE. But man, what a moment that we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was I was, were, I was very, very... in that moment, were you expecting it? No. I joked about it through the night. Um, but I joked about it in random spots. I was like, oh, well, you know, this is Punk's gonna pop up. Or like, oh, Carlito's hurt. What if Dragon Lee's hurt too and he faces Santos? It was more of just a running joke through the um, never yeah. did I think it would be in this moment specifically where it kind of felt, I don't want to say out of place in like a bad way, but like there's nothing there. If he would have shown up in a Nakamura segment, that would have made sense. Nakamura's been calling out someone for weeks and we don't know who. Easy plug and play would have been CM Punk. Um, showed up here. Everyone said that it overshadowed Randy. It didn't. I, I, I don't think no. it did. Randy got his moment. He got his pop. Dude looks like a million bucks. CM Punk just kind of looks like a guy that showed up backstage wearing a plain white T-shirt. <laughs> um, Randy got shredded. Punk is punk. Anyway, um, I felt kind of conflicted because I was like, man, what a moment. But also, like, you better be on your best fucking behavior. Yeah. We have had such great stuff going on in the half or whatever christian has mentioned it is that punk is kind of a cancer we just hope that punk is on his best behavior i think Mm -hmm. triple h runs a much tighter ship than tony khan and i don't think he'll let things get out of hand as far as they'll turn off that mic in seconds he will he'll turn off that fucking mic um as far as the drew stuff and the seth stuff that came out post survivor series i 100 percent believe it's a work Drew yes. storming I, out of the yeah. arena. That was the report. That's definitely it's because he, the camera. You, you see the camera guy waving him back. It, it was hundred percent. Well, and also like the story there is he joins, you know, he clearly has beef with Damian priest joins his side just yeah, to lose. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. he's just going to keep mm-hmm. feuding with the judgment day. Now um, this more aggressive drew McIntyre character. And maybe he's going to put a wrench between Rhea and him. Cause you know, Rhea kind of recruited him, whatever. As far as Rollins, Rollins is about to face Punk for that title. Uh, yes, yeah, okay, so no, no doubt CM in Punk's my mind. Yeah. He's either winning the Rumble or he's taking that title off of Rollins, either at he, the he's Rumble doing or at Mania. He, um, yes, CM Punk is going to win the Rumble and he's going to beat Rollins. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so as far as Rollins freaking out the way he did that fan video that went viral today, 100% of work. 100% yep. of work. Because I truly believe the way D- Triple H has ran WWE, whenever you hear about like wrestlers being disgruntled, it's always behind the scenes. He yeah. doesn't let it get shown on camera. The fact that Rollins reacted that in that arena, it's a work. It's 100% a work. I yeah. fully believe that. Punk has already advertised for Raw, the world champion of Raw. Gotta have one of the best promo segments Raw has had in quite a saying something but punk is also getting endorsement people sure you know like kyle said he he draws people want him people want to see him cody who you can argue is probably the locker Mm -hmm. room leader he flat out was like if punk can 
move us forward where we want to be, welcome them. And anyone else, they're welcome to join this ride. No included based on what they've done in the past. Yep. Slate. Very intriguing stuff. Did not see it coming. Do I think we are? No. Do I think Punk should beat Rollins for the title 100%? No. But it's going to be very, very intriguing to see if he does. And I think that's the goal here. Now they have people talking about WWE even more than they were going to. The night itself was already great. Yeah. I mean, WWE is the talk of the town right now in wrestling. Everyone yeah. wants to see what's going on. I expect very high viewership tomorrow on Raw. I expect Rollins and Punk to have a great promo segment. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's the goal here is to uh, it's in seats. And they're certainly going to do that. And they were, they were doing it without Punk. Now what are they yeah. going to do with him? Oh, I mean, do, do you guys know? I saw a tweet. I think I might have sent it to Christian. The women's war games match, like it broke like the all time viewership for for Survivor Series. Yeah, and, and that Triple was the H women's said, Survivor Series match. Yeah, and Triple H said that the night only went up from there because that was the yeah, first only match, and it broke viewership. Yes. So, what do you think the main event numbers are going to be? Because that's the one that yeah, you know, that was the hyped up one. It's Randy's return, you know. So, and the the women's match was excellent too. So, oh mm-hmm. man. I can't wait to see, but uh, Christian, go ahead, and then we'll uh, wrap it up here with uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, really quick. I'm just going to take you through my process before we return. I had just went and texted a friend back. You know, I said, hey, you know, show was great. Loved it. Good stuff. Or good stuff. Good to see Randy. I had just picked up my TV remote. My thumb was hovered over the exit button of Peacock. I was just about to press it. I was, I was like, okay, you know, that's it. Show's over. I was going to get ready to go back and watch something else. Then, oh, man, I heard the music. I just stood there like, no way. I was like, there's no way they they actually pulled it off. And then they they, they panned to like the, the entrance way where the cages were and stuff. And I was like, can you imagine if it's just a smoke screen here in Chicago? Yeah, if it was Grayson Waller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, oh, what if it's somebody else? And I see this scrawny-looking guy come out in t-shirt. I was like, oh, my God, he's actually there. He's back. Look, I, I've said what I've said before about Punk. I'm not a, a giant fan of him. I like him. He's cool and all. He's a good wrestler. like what you can do on the mic. But if he reverts back to what he did in 2014, he better be cut right on the spot because – WWE is at an all-time high right now, and they don't need toxicity backstage. But if he's willing to be cooperative and work and told and do what he's fucking told to do, I'm just like Cody Rhodes. Yeah, bring him in. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently, gotta go. Fightful. Well, it's a multi-year deal. So this isn't like a short-term get-through mania kind of thing. Yeah, most WWE three contracts years. are three yep. years. Be around for a little bit. And Punk is not going to just be used as just another guy. Punk's going to be no. involved in very important stuff. 
Yeah. You well, you just found your uh, WrestleMania night one main event. Which yeah. I, I'm good. Rollins with. and Punk yeah. night one. I really wanted Cody to be... Roman night two. Well, yeah, I really me so they can have that spot. But I mean, we've seen brothers. You have them open. wrestle. Yeah, we've seen brothers wrestle at WrestleMania and steal the show, and it wasn't in the main event. Matt and Jeff did it at 25. Yeah. That was that was arguably well. <laughs> I forgot what else happened at 25. The second best match of the night. Um, and that was in the middle of the card, right? It was like third. Yeah. Early. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Which, but uh, the main event too should be Jay versus Cody, but you know that's a different story. Jay versus Shut Cody. Up. Oh man. Oh man. That is, uh... the... Roman take this top. You're gonna be changing your tune pretty quick. If I want to watch them wrestle last year's match. Dude, I think I think this year will moment. be great. Dude, Dylan and I are gonna mark so much <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Oh man, it's gonna be great. But uh, meanwhile, yeah, CM, CM Punk, man, um, you should come into town for is very interesting Christian. for night two. Uh, I might. Uh, oh, we gotta do the rumble. We gotta do the rumble. We have to do the rumble. Well, it's uh, almost that, like Christian can come to both. But, um, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, come to both. Or maybe. Maybe we we go to him for Mania. Who knows? Ooh, we'll see. that'd be but, fun. Because uh, I've never been to uh, to Stomping Ground before, but we'll see. But uh, all right. So that, my friends, is Survivor Series. Um, Dylan, final thoughts. Not tonight. Great out there. Final thoughts. Great night of wrestling. Very well paced. Only five matches gave me uh, black and gold takeover vibes. Um, how it was structured. How everything like card sense to me, makes sense to me here. That's how it should be. Um, the war games matches definitely carried the the other three matches, but I mean, the the selling point was war games, they should carry the show. Um, I thought the women's opener was a great way to kick off the off the match. No, um, show. And it was, it was it was very well done. The men's absolute barn burner. It's going to be my match of the night. Um, Randy coming back, I thought was going to be moment. Um, and then we got the surprise at the end. T- traditional Triple H tease. I've seen this so many times. The copyright pops up. That's normally when the show's over. There's always a twist. There's always There's a, a twist, twist with Triple H. There's the, always the, a twist. The biggest twist is uh, yet to come, and Dylan knows exactly what I'm talking about, that copyright. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah dude, it's yeah, awesome. You're looking forward to that, Christian. Anyway, um, yeah, we got the Triple H twist classic. Um, I know we kind of joked about this in passing, but I was genuinely excited to see R-Truth back as well. I get Kyle doesn't like the comedy characters as much. But he does bring value to WWE. Yes, he's not going to compete for major titles. He's not going to be in majors. In segments like that, you kind of need those. In lighthearted. Um, and our true ambassador for the company. Um, and it's good to see that he's still around. We may not see him a lot, but we'll see him like this. Especially since WWE is going all in with sponsorship stuff. 
at, at these pay-per-views, which a lot of people are against. I'm not. Get money. Like, you do you. The UFC yeah. does it. It's all over their mat. Like, they're sponsored by everybody. Um, so it's not something unheard of. It was a little weird to see Ruffles sponsoring a War Games match. Dude, dude I um, won some Ruffles out there that you can't lie. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's going to be our truth's role in those kind of segments, and I'm all for that. So I want his return to kind of go unmentioned, really. Obviously, Randy and Punk steal the show. Great to see Randy back. Um, yeah, match of the night, men's war games. As far as rating out of 10, you said uh, TJR. 825. I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to go 8-3. All right. Eight, three. Uh, Christian, go ahead. I'm just gonna keep this short and sweet. We ran really long, but um, great night of wrestling. Big masterclass. We're awesome. Love seeing both back. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling, WWE. Uh, my match of the night. I'm gonna go with the men's war games match. My grade out of ten. Uh, I'm gonna go eight seven. You're gonna go eight seven. Yep. Um. Yeah. I um. I want to give it to the women's so badly but i do think i enjoyed the men's a little bit more um so i'm gonna give my match tonight to uh the men's war game i mean talk about a statement by triple h i mean this dude probably didn't see him punked his wwe we saw the big orton return um and think about what else he did he had you know dragon lee and santos and a good showcase it was such a triple h card there was <laughs> someone that he really wants to push and zoe stark and her and Rhea had um, a solid match there, I thought. And then you had the pro wrestler versus the sports entertainer. Um, I just thought everything made sense here. Um, yeah, this was a very Triple H card. And just to wait until uh, we get into Mania season with Triple H. I am so excited about that. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I think we're on, a, we're on a big high here. I, I think we're outdoing numbers from the Attitude Era. So I do think WWE is the hottest it's ever been. And that is saying something, man. This is it's awesome. So, yeah, I um, think I think the only number they're not movie. the only number they're not beating the Attitude Era in is strictly TV ratings. Yes, just simply because of how people digest media now. Yeah. with streaming yeah. and and you can watch yeah. all their clips on YouTube and get caught up with the yeah. show. So I don't look too into TV ratings. All the other stuff that you said, merchandise, sponsorship, uh, yeah. you know, attendance. I mean, dude, they're 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 killing it right now. And then you're adding yeah. in. You know, the legend Randy Orton is back. That's only going to enhance things. Now Punk is back. That's see him Punk with WWE. Like, that's wild. And, you know, getting into Mania season, like you said, I, this is really Triple H's first Mania season. Let's just be honest. Remember, yeah. everyone said last yeah, year. Yeah, because Vince definitely had some influence. He was wrapping up a lot of Vince's ongoing stories also doing his own but like you said he also had influence on the show this feels like it's going to be triple h's first real mania and all the reports coming out of me you know it was going to be kind of a hard reset and triple h was going to do his own thing and then vince kind of fucked things up the night after mania and all that shit but and then he got fucked over yeah, and then and then they finally canned Vince McMahon and said, you're not doing this anymore. Thank God for Ari Emanuel having a brain. Oh, yeah, dude, he's the MVP, man. Yeah, yeah, so um, really excited to see what Triple H has in store for Mania. Really excited to see what he has for the Rumble, and that's what's next, too. That's my favorite pay-per-view of the year, so I hope we all get together for the 
Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, I can't wait to see what Triple H has in store with all of this stuff. Randy, Punk, what happens in the in, in the world title picture. Um, you know, Roman is eventually going to – he's going to have to face someone at the Rumble, I would assume. Who's going to yeah. step up and face Roman? Um, how do they integrate Cody in the story? Like, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of yeah. fun coming up. Um, I will say, so one of the few people that called CM Punk coming back was a Twitter account named, like, Boozer666. I think you guys are all familiar with him. Um, he said – I'm not, I'm not trying to break news or anything like that. He said that the Raw women's title with Rhea is now looking more like a fatal four-way, more so than just Becky and Rhea. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, a lot can change, but um, – we might be heading to a fatal four-way, so that's going to be really intriguing as well. But um, mm-hmm. All right, Dylan, go ahead with your dummy app. All right, my dummy app goes to the graphics department in WWE. On SmackDown, um, or actually really just the production team, on SmackDown, a couple things happened that genuinely just made me laugh. I'm not going to dog on them too much. There was a moment where they cut to the announce table, and I don't know if you've seen the nameplate that they put up, like that graphic, how it kind of looks reflective with the names. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I picked up on it anyway. So like they show Corey Graves, Kevin Patrick, Michael Cole, that's the SmackDown announced team. So when they see see Corey Graves name kind of under it, kind of faded is the reflection of Corey Graves, Michael Cole, Michael Cole, Kevin Patrick name here. They didn't fill in his name for the second part of the graphic. Also, they played Bailey's music way too early when she was leaving. Um, so just a couple little snafus from the production team. In WWE, nothing too bad. Didn't take away from the show, but I noticed it and kind of made me laugh. So I just wanted to make fun. That's yeah. all. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. All right, Christian, go ahead. I'm sorry to you guys for giving my dumb moment to this person because I know you guys love him. My dumb moment goes to Ryback, the big guy. I knew someone. Did. I thought this was going to be Dylan's, but go ahead. I don't fucking so, talk about him. So a few days ago, he sent out a it was either Twitter or TikTok saying he would retire if Okay. Well, for one, it looks like he's But that's yeah. not it. He this morning did, I called this this morning, he did a TikTok this morning saying how when he said he was going to retire, it was going to be from WWE. And then he pulled up a graphic of AEW Collision and he said, I will be all elite here very soon. Dude, no one fucking wants No, no, no. Could no, no. you imagine? Give me the floor. I deserve this moment. I uh, um, go ahead. Right back. It was uh, what I saw was a tweet, and it was if Punk returns tomorrow, I will retire from professional wrestling. And then what people don't talk about is right after that, he plugged his stupid Black Friday sale for his dumb supplement company that he has that no one gives a fuck about. And then this morning, like Christian said, um. I saw a tweet because people called him out and they're like, all right, well, I guess you're done now. Punk returned. And he goes, well, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> the big guy said he would only retire if CM Punk showed up in AEW. Motherfucker, you literally said if he shows up tomorrow night. Did you really think Punk was showing up on like collision? Shut the fuck up. Of course he was showing. You were referring to Survivor Series, you dumbhead. I, dude, I can't stand right back. And then again, plugged his fucking sale on his stupid <laughs> supplements. I can't stand this fucking guy, man. 
He thinks, and, and that I'm going to be all elite very soon. I saw a TikTok where someone asked him if he was ever going to wrestle again, and he claims that he's like he had surgery on his shoulder or whatever, and he's still rehabbing. So like he's not ruling out wrestling, but it'll be like way down the road. So I don't know what the fuck he's doing, teasing a rampage appearance or whatever Christian said. Hey, <laughs> hey maybe he can help. Um, maybe he'll help Tony Khan with the writing. Maybe he can show up on Dark because that's where he fucking belongs. They don't even have Dark anymore, do they? I don't, they don't know. I thought they canceled it, but well, then maybe know. maybe him on Rampage does make sense. No one watches Rampage anyway. No, so, we, no. I can't stand that fucking clown. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Dylan's got right back for you, but um. <sighs> all right, so we're gonna get in mine real quick. So obviously, half of the award goes to Vince, but the other half goes to Vince McMahon and his WWE. So Kenny King was on a podcast recently that he and LA Knight were supposed to go into WWE at the same time, a.k.a. Eli Drake. Kenny was told by WWE that he was too old, even though he is, I think, the same age as LA Knight. This is a guy who I assume Triple H wanted to bring in, as I just failed to understand why age was such a big deal for Vince, especially denying someone, you know, with the talent that King has. And then, you know, he wants to obviously put Goldberg, Brock, and those guys in the world title picture. So I don't even know what he's talking about. So starting with you, Christian, who is a fan of Kenny King, um, what do you think about WWE and Vince basically saying, yeah, you're too old? And how do you think he would have done under Triple H in black and gold? Well, for one, Kenny King is one of the more talented guys currently on the TNA roster, in my opinion. Oh, he, he's gone. Is he? Yeah, he asked for his release. He's gone. Really? He's a free agent. Wow. That, that's a loss for Impact, man. But, um, yep. no, okay, during his Impact run, he's been, he was one of the heart and soul guys of Impact. Yeah. He really go in the ring and talk on the mic. Now, you say he's too old, but why is Goldberg getting a title shot at 55 years old? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean, brother? Working. What do you mean? It's Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, it's gold. Yeah, exactly. It's Goldberg. But um, as far as Kenny King going under the black and gold brand, Kenny King can go in the ring and he's got a he's got a spread out set too. He can do a lot of. Stuff. So he definitely would have benefited, especially maybe going into the North American title picture down in NXT when it was there with black and gold. I would have liked to see him versus like Gargano, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's – I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was a couple of guys that he would have messed really well with. I know Rich Swan was down there at one point. Yeah, he was. And obviously he didn't make the cut further, so he went to Impact as well. Kenny King was well, was always solid at Impact. He was always a guy that, you know, upper mid-card, lower main event. Suck at Boston, though. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that a couple of weeks ago. Hey, it's not too late. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dylan, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Vince Vince not liking anything old is very ironic. Um, remember the report that came out like this year that he was anyone who had gray hair, he made them dye it. And this was this was of him went viral with that stupid ass mustache with the clearly just for men. <laughs> That he had, so I think he was just on a kick, and he's like, "Everyone should look like this." <laughs> and then you see, like, random, like <laughs> Roman had to start dyeing his beard, and like, 
Ah, oh, dude, it was wild. Tommaso, he came out with the like brownest beard I've ever seen him have. <laughs> so, yeah, but also like to say that this guy's too old to me, it should never factor in. Like as far as their age is concerned, I get like you want to have young talent on your roster. They can go. They can go. You know what I mean? You know, people like people who have never seen wrestling before. Um, I, I I show them L.A. Knight and how popular he is and things like that. And I'm like, did you know that this guy's like, you know, in his 40s? They're like, what? He's like, a you know, they never heard his name before. They've heard all these other names who are in their 40s, like Randy Orton, John Cena, The Miz, you know. It's like he's in his 40s. And I'm like, yeah, he just didn't get his you know big break until now, really. Um, but he was a fucking male model. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, it to me, it's like LA Knight's kind of the perfect example of like, you can create a new star despite them being 40, 41, 42, 43, or whatever. Um, yeah, they just so, brought CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> perfect example. They're going to put Punk right in the main event scene. And Orton. And Orton. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean I'm, Orton. Orton. Orton's a WWE for life guy, so that doesn't. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to yeah, really use or, that. But... I think Orton's going to be involved, maybe with that Nakamura stuff, but maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not signing someone just because of their age. It should always come down to talent, charisma. You know, all the stuff that the fans care about. I've never once looked at a wrestler and gone like, "Wow, they're really good," but you're not going to put the belt on a 45 year old, are you? No. If it makes a, you know what I mean. Well, that's. That's Vince for you, but um, yep. I like that for you. You I, say what? I got a question for you. Yep. Go ahead. How, how old is uh, Johnny Gargano? Do you know? He is thirty-four. So okay. he's not like young, but so Vince would probably cut him or something. Well, yeah. Well, Vince didn't want him anyway. Yeah, Vince didn't want him anyway. Thought he was too small. Move on, move on. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Um, so Dylan, um, what are we doing next week and get us out of here? Because uh, next week might be one of our uh, biggest episodes to date. So yeah, so next week we're doing a bracket, and it's gonna be about theme songs. So a little that is next week, right? Yes. Okay, just make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. Um, so a little backstory about this. When Kyle and I came up with the show and we talked about some of the episodes we do and, oh, we're going to run down the weekly shows. We're going to review pay-per-views. We're going to do star ratings and all this stuff. Kyle was like, well, in between those episodes, though, we need to find ways to fill the gaps if we're going to do this weekly. So we came up with some ideas of like, let's do let's do the Mount Rushmore stuff, which we did a lot. And, and that was a lot of fun. And like brackets. Let's do that. Let's talk about our favorite things. The very first one that him and I mutually agreed on was we need to break down theme songs. So this has been, no lie, through, uh, what, what are we at now? Two and a half years? Yeah, so it, we, we talked about it in January of 2020? Was 2020? that it? 2021 is when we kicked off the okay. show. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. that would have been it, yep. So before the show was even Almost official and when we were just in the planning process, we were like, we have to do one about theme songs, you know? So, <laughs> but it's been a very, very hard task of like, how do we do it? We wanted to make it huge. Things just kind of didn't work out, you know? So we're doing it now and we're very, yes. very excited. 
Kyle has a list. Um, we've seen the list, or at least some of it. it I don't dude, know if we've seen there all of are, it. There are 32 bangers in this. Let me just say that. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to be downloading them all to my phone this week, and I'm just going to be spamming WWE theme songs. Or it's not just WWE theme songs. It's wrestling theme songs. Yeah. It's wrestling um, so theme songs. It's not so even we're... just wrestling theme songs. It's, or sorry, ro- wrestler theme songs. There might be some yeah. show too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're really branching out. There are some left off. Yeah. We'll get into that next week. We'll talk yep. about that next week as to why. I don't 100% agree with them, but whatever. I'll do it. I love the show. We're going to run with it. I'm very excited. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts, Christian, before, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Taylor. We couldn't put a Omos's theme song on there. Yeah, sorry such a that. banger, bro. <laughs> no, I'm excited. About it. I really am. I, I, I do think there is one that kind of sticks out from all the others, but we'll see you next week. All righty. Well, uh, we will um, catch everyone next week. Thanks again for everyone listening to this point. Uh, about an hour and 50 or so minutes. But um, again, appreciate the support on the episodes, and we will catch everyone next week. As we are on the road to World's End, AEW World's End, and yep. then we are on the road to TNA's Hard to Kill. So I'm very yes. excited about that. First and, then, and then the Royal Rumble after that. Boys are about to be treated. Dude, we're eating, man. We're eating. I'm very excited. All right, we'll catch everyone next week. Yep.